0: to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, we're going to start what we expect to be a monthly series, and it's all about finding the perfect boat. And we know that that's a big issue right now, the market being what it is, But this is always a hot topic because anyone who's new to the idea of the loop, most people don't have their looping boat and are looking for what's the perfect boat for them. And that's one of the frequently asked questions is what's the best boat for the loop. So we are going to start this series. We're looking to do this probably on the first week of every month. And our first guests are Mark and Catherine. They are AGLCA members. And it was actually their idea for this this, uh, topic um, because they kind of built a process for this and have an interesting story, and uh, as do many others. So we're going to bring Mark and Catherine in in just a minute. As always, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with that business out of the way, Mark and Catherine, welcome to Great Loop Radio, and thanks for joining me.
1: Hi, Thank Kim. Thanks, Kim.
0: Yeah, so let's start off. Uh, as I said, you're kind of newer members to L- AGLCA, but you've attended a lot of our virtual events at this point. But tell us a little bit about yourselves and what made you decide to buy a boat?
1: <laughs> well, it's, a, it's an interesting story. We, uh, we grew up very differently. Catherine uh, grew up on a lake in New Jersey. And I grew up where the nearest lake to me was one that you didn't want to go to. Um, It was muddy, brown, yucky. You had to wear shoes and I just never went. So um, as we got to the point where we were ready to kind of take the next chapter in our life and we were looking to move somewhere, we started looking and um, Lake Norman, North Carolina came up. And it was one of the places that I had driven across the bridge and seen a lake and said, wow, that is just beautiful. So uh, we came to Lake Norman and had the opportunity to uh, just be in a boating community, and I had no experience whatsoever. And uh, Catherine said, "We need to get a boat." So uh, that started our that started our journey. And uh, we've, we're newlyweds, and we're super excited about that. We um, we're in different careers. I work for a major technology company, and Catherine is. Uh, works at a, a university in the College of Education.
2: So we, um, we did start with Lake Norman and getting him. well, we joined the boat club first. Did you say the boat club? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when we got here, we lived on the lake. Um, the first thing we did was join a boat club. So we figured it was a good way to kind of dip our toe in the water, um, get to experience that boating lifestyle a little bit and have someone there to help us dock, um, get in and out of those slips, which was highly stressful at the beginning of the process. And um, we look back now and we kind of giggle at ourselves, like how little we knew back at the beginning of the journey. And um, over time, we got to the point where you had to return the boat by 530 and all we wanted to do was stay out on the lake and watch sunsets. And so we knew, okay, this is not going to work. We need to buy our own boat. So we started going to a couple of uh, boat shows. We went down to Charlotte and then some of the local boat shows. um, And we ended up with a 23 foot Manitou pontoon which also was great for a while until we went on vacation and chartered a catamaran down in BVI. It was just supposed to be this lovely vacation. um, And we got the bug um, for the voting lifestyle. And so that trip, we spent most of the trip thinking, how are we going to get back here? And we hired a captain while we were down there who was fantastic Um, But the whole time, Mark wanted to learn how to captain that boat himself. So he was side by side with our captain, um, kind of learning the ins and outs of that catamaran and and how to navigate BVI. Um, And so we kept thinking, okay, we want to come back and be able to do this ourselves. And then that conversation just continued to grow with, well, we could spend lots of time on the water. And eventually, um, we came across the great loop and started exploring, um, bigger and better things. So our dreams just grow every time we sit down in the evening, um, with a laptop and, you know,
0: boat searches. (laughs) (laughs) And I hear that from so many members that, um, you know, it, it's a great way to connect in the evenings when you're still working and, and dreaming about the Great Loop is, is the boat search and what do you want in the boat. So as you were moving, you know, kind of through this journey and, and realizing that the pontoon boat is great on your lake, but probably not for the Great Loop, um, you know, what may, how did you begin the search for your great loop boat, because you've told me you're both planners, um, and you've shared some of your planning materials, but where did you start when you came to this realization that you wanted to buy a boat and do the great loop?
1: We we hear from a lot of people, and we were pretty typical. We just started looking online at uh, a variety of sites from Yacht World to Curtis Stokes to Jeff Merrill, a bunch of different sites where people were, you know, we could look at pictures of boats. And I'll be honest. A lot of times we didn't even know what we were looking at. We we're like, Ooh, that's, you know, that yes, looks really, is. really good. Right. Or you know, that, that looks like an interesting boat. You know, we, so it was more of an aesthetic thing and then we'd kind of get down to the engine room and our kind of, it was like, well, that's dirty or that's clean. That was about as, as knowledgeable as we were. Cause we had an outboard engine. And so I, I'll be honest, I'm not mechanical. Catherine's more mechanical than I am. And we knew we wanted something that would be, you know, not we wouldn't have a lot of issues with which said hey we need a we need a newer boat so we just kept looking and looking and trying to get some sort of sense of of what began to make sense and uh, we spent a lot of hours just looking at pictures and watching videos and every time we looked at pictures and every time we watched a video i felt like we learned a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and with that knowledge we just kept continuing to narrow down what we thought made sense for us. The other part of it was we knew that not only did we want to be out at sunset, but one of the other things we couldn't do was we couldn't grill on our boat, which is something that we love to do is we love to be outside and cook outside. And we said, let's figure out, you know, whether, whether we can, what kind of boat allows us to cook on it? Well, then it was a, what kind of boat would allow us to sleep on it? And then what kind of boat would have, a bathroom and all those kinds. And it just kept getting a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And even within those parameters, we still saw that there were a lot of variation. So we knew we needed to think through the process more.
2: Yeah. Well, and so you built a spreadsheet for us, a starting point where we, one night Mark's like, okay, take this little quiz for me. And so we did, um, we each individually rated what we thought was most important to each of us on a 10 point scale And so we listed, you know, what things are most important to me, what things are most important to him, and then we lined those up to see where our priorities matched with one another, and then what things um, kind of were... Uh, different in each of those. So um, interestingly, it's really interesting now. So, you know, now that we've made this purchase to say, okay, what did I think was most important? And would I agree with that now? And, you know, if we come back five years from now, will we still agree with those things? Um, But for me, I, because I was so scared of the whole docking process and smashing, you know, a nice boat or hitting someone else's boat uh, we had seen a couple people do a couple crazy things, and of course, there are you know boat fail videos online that you know will scare you a lot.
0: <laughs> yes, so are I heard
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I was all about the joystick. Once we saw that there was a possibility for joystick control on a boat, that felt um, like a really safe feature, so I was very excited about that. I wanted a master bed with walk around. I was convinced we would want a washer dryer, um, two bedrooms, um, making sure we had headroom downstairs. And I wanted sliding glass doors. I loved all the boats that had the sliding glass doors. A lot of the things that were important to me were things that I had experienced on that catamaran down in BVI. Um, So it was my kind of schema in the moment. I loved that bright open airy kind of. You know, you have an open floor plan in your house. I love that concept of an open floor plan on a boat. Mark's list was a little bit different. You want to share what yours, your things were?
1: We had found AGLCA by this point in time. And I, I'll confess, like I'm up first thing in the morning, I grab my cup of coffee and I'm reading the digest every single morning. It's the first thing that I do. And I, I look forward to it. And there's a lot of great knowledge in there. And, and I, people post that on a regular basis. It's just stunning. And so one of the first things I was reading about was you want a diesel engine because it's safe. And I started looking at fuel economy and all sorts of other kinds of things. And so a, a diesel engines to me was a six. and to Catherine, it was a one, you know, that didn't matter as much to her, but I knew that that was, you know, the right choice for us. Um, I wanted a you know great outdoor space. And, you know, as I looked across it, you know, I wanted something that I knew that honestly that Catherine would be comfortable with staying on because I didn't want to do something that would be, a OK, we can go on an occasional weekend. Like I wanted her to move on and say I can live on here. So honestly, what was higher on her priority list was most important to me because it gave me the end result that I wanted. And that's <laughs> it's a good
2: way. And I was not a reluctant spouse, but it's a really good way to, uh,
0: thanks. Honey. <laughs> Very important stuff. Mark's obviously a smart guy. <laughs> um, so you shared with me the list of the different features that you each ranked, you know, and it gave it that importance score. How did you come up with that list was it strictly from your research and, and watching videos and doing you know online research or was some of it from actually boarding boats whether it was a boat shows obviously your experience in the BVIs, but it's an extensive list and you know some of it is the aesthetics and some of it is the mechanics and it's a really comprehensive look so i'm curious where you gained the knowledge to feel like you could rate the importance of those things
1: well Again, back to AGLCA and the digest and the events that the podcasts that you've done, the virtual events, we were clearly able to identify at the top of that list. Well, we need an air draft 19.1 or less. We were comfortable with um, with having you know four feet under underwater with a draft. And so those couple of things was like, okay, if it doesn't fit these basic necessities, it's out. And then it was more. Um I th- I think as Catherine said, the the experience um on in the BVI, we were on an Achilla and just loved that experience. And so a lot of it was, oh, that was so nice to be able to do this or to do that. And mm-hmm. and that's where the you know the walk around bed became super important. We we're a make our bed every morning kind of couple, right? So being able to do that. Um Crawling into the engine room on that catamaran was really interesting. And I thought I want to be able to get into the engine room and I, I want to be able to stand up. Um, so some things like that um, became, became important. And then it was also looking at as we walked onto other boats or even as we looked at other boats, we're like, what would it be like to live on there? And one of the questions that we asked ourselves a lot was, can you see yourself living on this boat? And there were a lot of boats we just said, I can't see us living there. Or Catherine would say, I can't see myself living there. So if either of us said, hey, we can't see it, then it was out. Mm -hmm.
2: So and I think the other piece is there's a boat that you get for the BVI, right? There's a boat for open water sailing and then there's a boat for the Great Loop. And so we had to start thinking about, okay, our current boat is a pontoon. Do we need a step boat to help us get to the point where we could have a, a bigger boat? Um, and then <clears throat> is the, the bigger boat, the, our main boat, does that, is that the boat that we end up retiring on, you know, down the road or is, you know, is the loop boat the boat, or is there another boat that comes after the loop boat? And one of the, the challenges we saw, um, and I, I read a lot, Mark does the forum. I read a lot on the Facebook groups. Uh-huh. Um, so that's my morning and nighttime reading uh, were conversations about managing locks. Um, you know, a lot of people saying, well, can you take a catamaran? And yes, you could do anything. You can use a jet ski, you can use a catamaran, (laughs) but the people that were using a catamaran, how they were, you know, struggling in some areas, you know, with the the size of the boat and finding docks, dock, and marina space, um, that it wasn't impossible, but it wasn't as easy as it could have been. Um, So I think those came into our our conversation points um, where I love the look and feel of the catamaran, but we needed something that was also manageable for this life experience that we wanted to
1: have.
0: Yeah. So, and you mentioned the idea of a step boat, you know, something between the pontoon and the loop boat. Um, You also kind of ranked your priorities for the step boat, um, but in the end, you didn't go with a step boat. Tell us about how that decision went and the process behind that
1: well we we looked at this do we jump all the way and go right up to the the boat that we could take on the loop or do we do something that we can see you know what we, we need to learn a little bit more and frankly if we mess something up like it's a less expensive error Um <laughs> And so there were a lot of mathematical calculations financially, like if you go to kind of a mid-range boat for us to learn on, there's benefits to that, but there's also a cost. So you go to sell it, you got to buy another one. So um, there was a a dollars and cents kind of piece to that conversation. And we knew that if we did a, a step boat, as we called it, that there were some features that would be required for the loop that weren't necessarily required for a step boat. Some of them, just some of the basic kinds of things, like we don't really have to deal with many bridges here. Um, Lake, Lake Norman's pretty large, about uh, has 500 miles of coastline. And and we took our pontoon all the way north and, and back home. And it took us all day long to do that. Um, we tend to like to go a little bit slow and just appreciate what's around us. So as we looked at some of those choices around the step boat, um, we merged what we thought, okay, this is what we would need on a step boat. And then we also compared that to the loop boat. And we said, okay, what are the features that we know we need here? What are the features here? And then we looked at boats and said, which boats have both of these. So if we decided, okay, the step boat really works. So we looked pretty closely at a 36 foot boat and we thought we think we could really do this. And we, we, from a being on the lake standpoint it made a ton of sense when we looked at it from a loop standpoint the amount of storage uh-huh. it was like there's no way we're going to be able to do this and it but it met nearly every other thing that that we wanted except it didn't have a fly bridge and it didn't have the right amount of storage so at the end of the day we were like back and forth and back and forth and it it came down one day to an opportunity that we couldn't pass up
0: Yes, and I want to jump into that. I want to hear the big news of what you chose, Um, but let's take a quick break and play a message from one of our sponsors, and then we'll come back and and see where this process that you went through aligned, because one of the things I love about your story is I think um, you did a really, really interesting, neat job of combining the very practical but also um, paying homage to that, um, just the feeling you get, can I live on this boat? And you know, the the aesthetics of the bright airy, open. Um, So we're gonna stop for a moment and play this message. When we come back, we'll hear what the boat is. Back in a moment. Did you know that every mile of the Great Loop is covered by Skipper Bob guides? It's mile by mile format is a great planning tool and essential at the helm. On the most popular routes and side trips, Skipper Bob covers preparation, navigation, bridges and locks, and the best places to visit. Skipper Bob guides are updated each year, and its website keeps you current with navigation alerts and cruising news. To check it out, go to skipperbob.net. Skipper Bob is a proud Admiral sponsor of AGLCA. We're back on Great Loop Radio. We are launching today a brand-new series about how some of our members planned for, searched for, and found their Great Loop boat. So today we're chatting with Mark and Catherine. Um, So tell us, what is your Great Loop boat that you purchased already?
1: Well, we're really excited. We have a Regal 42 Fly. It's a 2019 model, and it has uh, diesel engines. It's their Volvo Penta IPS 500s. Uh, it has the joystick and uh, Seakeeper. Just, as it has a sea keeper, which was another thing that uh, we were kind of looking for. It was on our, that'd be great to have, but it wasn't a requirement, but we were super happy when we found one that, that had it. And it has uh, two state rooms, mm-hmm. has one head and it's a split kitchen. So upstairs we have, I guess what we'd call the primary kitchen. And then downstairs is more like a up in the morning, get coffee and and beverage kind of station. So we're super happy with it.
0: So you had your list of your important features for each of you and, and kind of the average of your two scores. So was it missing? Was the, the 42 Regal fly missing any of the key features, you know, because every boat is a compromise at some point. Um, So anything you wished it had that it didn't.
2: So on the top of my list was washer dryer, um and we know everyone says oh you're going to find plenty of washers and dryers at marinas along the way um i, I know my husband who likes to do laundry every single day so <laughs> <laughs> um that was like high on list and we did not have a washer dryer on this boat but when we were looking at it uh one of the things that mark did was get in and we looked at one of the closets that we could if we decided to we could convert so we have you know, the boat as is, and there are a couple of like, I would have loved a makeup table or a desk for us if we're working from the boat downstairs. And so we found a couple of things where if we wanted to do some retrofitting, we had that possibility, but I think washer dryer was the only thing We didn't have, I don't know.
1: What else? One of the other things that we had read a ton about was you want to be able to walk around your boat Mm -hmm. really easily. Uh And uh, our boat has a 17-inch walkway around the boat. The first time that we got on it and tried to walk around, we were like, oh, my goodness, this is not near (laughs) wide enough. We must need like three foot walkways and like this little moving escalator kind of. We didn't know really what we needed.
2: Cruise ship decks, no.
0: Yeah,
1: but yeah, the only the only thing that we had done was to walk around at boat shows, and the boat's not moving. And so we had an opportunity at an in water boat show to to walk on the Regal Forty Two, and it was still a little bit. But now we've had this um, for five months. And now we walk around. We're like, what were we thinking? Yeah. Like this is like, plenty wide, so <laughs> it's 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 really not a problem. Um, one of the things that was also important to us was uh, that it would be a great place for our dog. So we have a, uh, a Wheaton Terrier named Sailor, and he's definitely going to go uh, on the loop with us. <laughs> He, he likes all the walk around and he loves to jump around and and go sit up on the front. We'll, we'll actually be, um, sitting there and all of a sudden we look up and he's up, he's up on the bow, uh, hanging out on the lounger. But what he struggles with honestly is the, the stairs, which are, they're like hanging stairs and they're really pretty. And it allows you when you're inside to look out back, almost unobstructed. It's like the, um, the aesthetic piece that Catherine was talking about, but we're not to the point yet where he's comfortable going up the stairs. He's getting there. He definitely does not want to go down the stairs from the <laughs> gotcha. So we're still working on that.
2: I think the other is uh, headroom was really important for me. And the what what do you call that? Is that the birth master? The, mm-hmm. the, so one of the bedrooms downstairs has really nice headroom. Um, kind of partial walk around on the sides. <clears throat> it's a, it's a nice bedroom. It's like beautiful. It's good. That's where your master closet is. And, um, but the bed is smaller. So the king size bed is downstairs the aft I still don't know my size
1: of boat. <laughs> It's, it's
2: aft, <laughs> um, but there's very little headroom there so you know I it's one of the things that I kind of lament is having you know we've seen some other boats that where the bedrooms just have a little bit more room and more drawers and all of that but we're also minimalists and so we're very much looking forward to a flip-flop t-shirts sundress kind of lifestyle so we're hoping that we don't
0: Need a lot of stuff to put in drawers, right? <laughs>
1: i'm I'm not the one wearing the sundress just. To be clear.
0: <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. We've, we appreciate <laughs> that. Um, so tell us you know that the story of actually buying the boat because it wasn't really your first time aboard that you put in an offer, correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. we We had seen this actual boat at the inwater boat show that I mentioned. And the local dealer had it as a demo boat. And honestly, the first time we walked on it was before we'd even bought our pontoon. And we just saw it. We're like, "Wow, my gosh, people (laughs) live like this. This is a real thing. Like we had never seen anything between like a basic, you know, pontoon boat boat. or ski boat and like a cruise ship right there. We'd seen them before, but not, not been on one. And so when we saw it, we were just stunned. Well, we like to go to the boat shows and we, we went back and our, our local yacht club uh, does them on a fairly regular basis. This boat kept showing up there and we kept looking at it. We're like, yeah, yeah. Well, over time, it got to the point where we were like, okay, is that like, could we stretch? Could we get there? And it was like no, no, no. <clears throat> then we had um, we had a nice bump in the stock market. We're like, okay, maybe we could actually get there. And we're like, ah, I don't know, it's probably too much for us, you know, size wise. We don't really know how to how to work a boat that big. And then one day, <clears throat> I looked on the dealer's website, and the boat was sold. <clears throat> and I actually walked into Catherine. I was like. <laughs> it's gone like the boat that we were dreaming of whether we thought we could do it or not was was gone and the the dealer actually because it was a demo it had finished the first year of its of its demo life and he'd actually called me knew that we were kind of interested and he said hey i'm, I'm going to be getting rid of my demo boat i'm getting a new one and i've got an offer for you and he gave us an offer that was a significant opportunity for us compared to what we had seen it at first, it still was more than we wanted to do. So we let it go. And we're like, well, let's just keep looking. There's other ones out there. And four months later, um, Billy, our our dealer, texted me and he said, you're not going to believe this. And I'm thinking, what, what? He said, remember the 42 fly you looked at? The guy's moving and he needs to sell it quickly. If you can move like now, I've got an opportunity for you. And so compared to what our original opportunity was to the offer he gave us, to the offer that we um, essentially got and we're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this. Was just a stunning discount. And at that point, it was Forget the step boat. We're going all in. This is the boat. Was meant we're to buying be. a Regal 32 fly.
2: It's for a pandemic purchase. Yeah. And,
1: and, and it, Merry Christmas. Yeah. And it was actually my birthday. Yeah. There you go. And so she said, Happy birthday. And I don't think I'll ever get a birthday <laughs> present. looks anything quite like that. But it was a fantastic opportunity. We were able to negotiate a little bit more um, off of the price, but it was fantastic. It had, when we, when we saw it, it had 41 hours on it. Right. So basically, wasn't even broken in.
0: So obviously, a newer boat, um, newer than many looping boats. So was the process of purchasing any different? Meaning, you know, did you go through a survey and all those things? Or, or is it like a car where it's still under dealer warranty? So that wasn't even necessary.
1: Uh, it was actually a little bit of both. <clears throat> so it's still under Regal warranty. It's still under Volvo warranty. We still have our our generator warranty, all that's still in place. But I wanted to get a survey done anyway. Mm -hmm. At at least the general survey. We chose not to do the engine survey. Um, The dealer said, "I've got you. Anything that you need, it's right here." It's not even to the point where you would probably need to to do a full thing. And they had had it as a demo when they sold it as a demo boat. It had 28 hours on it. So the owner that bought it for four months put 13 hours on it so mm-hmm. there really wasn't much but I was like I still want to get underneath it take a look and so we set up for a survey <clears throat> and got uh, several surveyors that said hey yeah I've I've worked on these boats before I'm familiar with these engines and so we were able to to hire one so it was really neat to get it, to see it lifted out of the water I had never seen anything that looked like that before and I'm like underneath this thing that's like this is like tons and tons and tons of weights, you know, in the air. It's pretty impressive. Um, but basically the survey came back super clean. Um, the surveyor said it's, this boat's as good as new, found a couple of little things that we didn't see, but they were super minor. Uh Like we had a snap that needed to be, uh, fixed. And we had one place where one of the underwater lights had a, had a, a little, uh, discoloration around it. So dealer said, everything's under warranty, took care of it all. It was super easy process. And um, we proceeded with Coast Guard documentation and got everything and we're good to go.
0: Remind me when you purchased.
1: So this we purchased in December of 2020. So five months ago.
0: So. Tell us about insurance, because that's a big issue for lots of people right now. You were making a pretty substantial jump up in the size of the boat. Did you have any struggles with finding insurance?
1: So we have read all of the stories that people are worried about finding insurance. Um, I think we were lucky and just got on the front end of that going from 23 foot pontoon to a 42 foot um, sport yacht was a big jump for us. Mm-hmm. We did not have trouble um i called my uh local uh state farm agent who handles our cars had our boat before everything else and just said hey looking at this can you get a quote for me got a quote and then just went on uh, aglca website and checked with a couple of uh sponsors and sent them the same information got a couple of quotes back there uh including um We also got a quote from uh, one company that said, no, we won't insure you Uh um, because you don't have enough experience on this boat. The other companies didn't seem to have a problem. So I think we were just fortunate. Uh, We ended up staying with our local rep. It was a little bit higher, but we knew having all of our insurance bundle was great. Now the one company that turned us down said, please call us in two years when you have more experience, we'd love to have you on board.
0: So the whole process, um, you know, I don't, there's a difference for a lot of people between going to boat shows and boarding boats. Like the first time you, you boarded this boat and really truly actively shopping for their great loop boat. So Were you really, you know, actively shopping? Had this opportunity not come along, and and I guess what I'm leaning towards is, you know, how how, did you travel to see other boats, or was this truly just kismet that the boat you wanted happened to come available with a great opportunity?
1: We
2: we tried to travel. Yeah,
1: we we tried. That's true. We're talking about
0: 2020.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we had we had planned to go to Tampa. We had planned to go to Palm Beach. We tried to go to Charleston. We had a number of different places we looked at going up toward Deltaville and just see what any options we could get. And everything just kept getting canceled, canceled, canceled. And we also were concerned. So we're like, "Mm, even if it goes, are we comfortable with the travel? And so I think part of that really helped us to stay right here because we knew, um, that boat that we had seen was right around the corner Uh and we, we feel like we would have really enjoyed seeing some other boat shows and we won't stop going to boat shows, you know, once those, you know, happen again. But at the time, um, you know, we were struggling through it. One of the things that really helped us, Kim, was the, um, the virtual looper crawl that you put together. Uh Uh, It was one of the things that we said, Hey, if we can go do that, we can see a whole bunch of boats in a very different way. It's not like just looking at a bunch of pictures or watching a video. It's it's listening to people say, hey, I like this boat because mm-hmm. and I didn't like this boat because and listening to all of those features really gave us uh, a, a lot of terrific information.
0: Yeah, well, I'm glad that was helpful. And, and those are actually for those of you watching or listening, they're still available at greatloop.org webinars. Uh, the recordings of the virtual looper crawls are there, and of course, we are planning our return to actual looper crawls um, very soon, and with that might come some opportunities for some more virtual ones, because it becomes much easier to produce one of those if we've got a lot in one place, and we can do some videos and talk to some owners, so more on that coming, but uh, Mark and Catherine, tell us what you named your boat, because that's always a, a fun thing to hear. Um, <laughs>
2: I'll let you tell us one. Go ahead. Yeah. Sure. Sorry, that's <laughs>
1: name is, is What's Next, which um, has uh, several different meanings. So, one of it is if the, the casual person coming by or hailing us would think, oh, what's the next thing we're going to go do or explore? But it's actually one of our favorite questions. So, Catherine and I met at a seminar that I was teaching at work, and it was called What's Next? And it was about, you know, where you are in your career and, and with the work that you're doing, what's the next thing you're going to do? What's the next thing you're going to do? And so it kind of became part of our story is to just ask what's next. And so part of that became uh, buying a loop boat and traveling on America's Great Loop became part of our what's next. And it's we're both forward thinking people. We're both dreamers. We're at planners as well, but we're always asking ourselves what's next
0: love that so in terms of what's next what are your great loop plans
2: so um what's next for us is we have one more at home so we have a daughter who is going to be a junior this coming year so we know we have two more years here on the lake um, before she heads off to college and uh, at that point we still have several years of work before retirement So our what's next is to take our boat um, out to the ICW, find a different home port marina, um, and spend a couple years going up and down the east coast and and exploring before um, our little one is ready to completely fly the nest and uh, we're ready to uh, officially retire and then start our great loop. But if you want to add to
1: that. Well we're we're both work from home And my job involves a lot of travel and eventually we'll be back to travel and I'll be doing that. Catherine's fully from home um, as an online professor. So uh, she can be pretty much anywhere and I just need to be somewhere near a major airport. So we've been fascinated to listen to some of their podcasts that you've done with people who are are living and working aboard and kind of how they're doing it. Um, From a work perspective, we have to stay in the U.S. So Bahamas and Canada aren't really options for us which is why the the ICW piece um, comes into play. Mm-hmm. And then once we fully retired, we'll go around the loop. Um, hopefully we're going to go around twice. The, the mm-hmm. idea of being platinum is uh, super cool. And then eventually we'd like to be able to go to farther waters, which uh, eventually we'd like to get back to the BVI. I don't know if our uh, Regal 42 fly will get us all the way there with the range. Uh, we may be onto a catamaran. Right might be Who's what's
2: there? next to... <laughs>
0: Perfect. Mark and Catherine, we loved your story. Thank you for sharing it with us and congratulations on the boat. And we're super excited for you to start the great loop when the time is right for you. And uh, just thank you for sharing all this information. I think you've really helped others who are going through the same process. Thank
2: you so
1: much, Kim. Thanks, Kim. We're happy to be a part of helping other people make some of the decisions that we've already made. We have learned so much from you and others as part of AGLCA, our membership is well, well worth it. And as we look at where we're going next and starting to think about marinas and so other kinds of things, we're going to continue to learn. And we appreciate the opportunity to learn and be able to pay that forward to others is important to us.
0: Yeah, we appreciate that. And that, that paying it forward is certainly the spirit of AGLCA. So thank you for that. I'm glad you have found your membership beneficial. Um, and to our listeners and those viewing Thank you for joining us once again on great loop radio. We'll be back next week with another episode until then safe cruising.